Orgasmic Enlightenment, where the sexual and spiritual come together. I'm Kimanami, and I'm a holistic sex and relationship coach and a vaginal weightlifter. In this show, we explore all things intimate. I believe that our sexual energy is life force, creative energy, and we can use it to shape our worlds, strengthen our relationships, and self-actualize. I blend the most avant-garde information from neuroscience, ancient sexual practices like Tantra and Taoism, to renegade wellness modalities to show you how to create gourmet sex in your lives. Come one, come all. There are a plethora of fictional and manufactured conditions out there in the allopathic world, and more specifically in the OBGYN world. Low libido, difficult periods, menopause, painful birth, to name a few. Some of them are so well-crafted that people actually end up believing they have them. It's the nocebo effect. Placebo, but in reverse. You end up making yourself sick based on all of the negative programming and expectations that you take in. The term asexuality is very hot, or shall we say frigid, these days. In the wake of all of the other attempts to neuter and sterilize humans and cut their genitals off, rendering them incapable of reproduction, asexuality fits right in. This is an attempt to normalize the idea of having no libido or sex drive. Or, oh hey, it's okay, you're just asexual. No, no. It's not okay not to have a libido. And no, you aren't asexual. No one is, because it's a made up idea and label. There is not a single being on this plane of existence that is legitimately asexual as a condition. Can you have a low libido? Sure, absolutely you can. Is it a permanent state? Is it a way of life? Is it who you are? No, 1000% no. Asexuality is an invented fictional term (laughs) that fits right into the narrative that is trying to remove people from their source of power, i.e. their sexuality, and as I said, to literally remove the genitals from people while they're at it. And yeah, guess what happens? If you remove people's genitals, they aren't going to want to have sex. They will have a lot of fucked up, misplaced energy with which to go to protests and run around the internet making cowardly, anonymous, vitriolic comments. But no, these people will not be interested in having sex. For those who might be feeling disconnected sexually and have yet to remove their body parts and are tempted to buy into this idea that some people just have this mysterious asexual condition, let's have a look. There are a number of reasons why somebody could be suffering from a low libido and led to believe that they might just be one of those people who isn't very sexual. I will remind you that in Anami land, we have the Anami guarantee. The Anami guarantee is that everyone can. Everyone can have a high libido. Every woman can be multi-orgasmic. Every man can have sex for eight hours straight. If they aren't having these experiences, it is never, ever because they inherently can't. It's because something is blocking them from getting there. 
In the current everyone gets a participation trophy climate we live in, quack doctors and coaches often say things like, hey, not everyone can, not all women can have orgasms, and that's okay. Not all men can have hard dicks, and that's okay. If you haven't had sex with your partner in three years, that's okay. No, none the fuck of that is okay. All of these things are symptoms of deeper, unresolved issues that are blocking the free flow of this natural, innate energy that we all have access to. For some, it's buried further under the surface and can take more intensive excavating of the debris that's laid over top of it, obscuring what's beneath. And some people just need to hear the truth that they can, and then they are off to the races. Let's go through some of the things that block people from realizing their true sexual potential and themselves. Number one, chemical poisoning. Back in the 80s, the cosmetic company Maybelline had a signature slogan. Maybe she's born with it. Maybe it's Maybelline. The modern equivalent to that would be, is they them born with it? Or maybe it's atrazine. So atrazine is the second most used pesticide in the United States. Atrazine is also a major hormone disruptor and responsible for the gay and transgender frog syndrome. I have spoken before about the work of the legendary scientists, and I mean actual scientists, one who does research and isn't a bought and paid for whore as in WHO, RE, who bends over like a stripper and you can shove money up their asses and they perform tricks. Ha ha ha. No, he's the old fashioned impartial one. Hayes was originally hired by a chemical company to study the effects of atrazine on frogs. Instead of shutting up about the truth of his research and conclusions, what is what usually happens to these brothel prostitutes? He came out with his findings, much to the chemical company's shock and horror, and told the truth. Male frogs exposed to levels of atrazine less than what's approved for human consumption, lol, whatever the fuck that means, not only turned gay, but they began to develop female genitalia to the extent that they were able to produce eggs and offspring. There's other research out of the UK showing that birth control pills are also contributing to transgenderism in fish. So this is a quote from an article in the IB Times on birth control pills are giving rise to transgender fish. A 2017 study has revealed that one out of five male fish has turned transgender in the UK due to the contraceptive pills and other chemicals flushed by humans down the household drain. Professor Charles Tyler, a leading fish physiologist and ecotoxicologist, carried out this research as the lead researcher with the University of Exeter. The researchers found that the traits of female fish were portrayed by the male river fish and they even produced eggs. They also discovered that some of the male fish had depleted sperm quality and they also showed less competitive and aggressive behavior. This has resulted in lesser chances to breed as they lack the qualities required to attract female fish. Now that is very interesting. When people try to warp human behavior and make all kinds of arguments and justifications for their case, it's fun to turn to nature and see what's happening over there. Even fish don't like beta males. 
The study revealed that the chemicals leading to this impact include, and I'm quoting from the article again, contraceptive pills, cleaning agents, cosmetics, and plastics. The researchers carried out these tests at 50 sites and found that 20% of freshwater male fish showed feminine traits. Over 200 chemicals were analyzed from the sewage plants and estrogen-like effects were found in them. It was also found to adversely affect the physiology of the fish. So all of this gender bending and hormone fuckery is happening in fish and frogs, now do humans. Reason number two for having a low libido and maybe wondering if you're asexual would be having a weak vagina or cock. What happens to any body part that doesn't get exercised? It gets weak, it atrophies, it functions subpar. Well, the same thing happens to your genitals. The thing that I am most famous for is lifting weights with my vagina. A cock or a vagina that does not exercise becomes numb. It has no sensation or pleasure, and that leads to all kinds of issues from urinary incontinence to internal organs falling out. On a deeper level, you feel disconnected from your sexuality and yourself. Your sexual organs are your movers and shakers the source of your life force energy and your creative engines in this world. If you are not tapping into that energy, it inverts on you and sucks everything into it like a vortex. So when people have numb genitals and they have sex and they don't enjoy it that much, it might be easy to think that hmm, sex isn't all that great and what's the point anyway? And that makes sense. <laughs> but the only that's only because of the numbness, not because sex isn't pleasurable. It's just not pleasurable for them yet. When people strengthen their genitals, their sensation goes up astronomically. They now know what they didn't know. People are amazed at how much bliss they can experience just from putting the life back into their genitals so that they can give life back to you in return. Now, the next one is really crazy. You don't actually want to have sex with the person you're trying to override your body to make yourself have sex with. Novel idea, hey? Have you ever considered that if you don't want to have sex with someone that maybe it's because you don't want to have sex with them? Years ago, a friend of mine was in a long-term relationship that was very on again, off again. They would have these majorly dramatic fights, always through text message, and then they would break up and get back together through text message. So they had so many issues and incompatibilities, but they looked really good on paper to each other. So they kept sexless and carried on. She would complain about her low libido and I'd be thinking there is so much mud on the glass with them. How could they possibly want to have sex with each other? So in the Anami vernacular, I talk about the value of radical honesty and I use the metaphor of a clear pane of glass that exists between two people. When you are open and honest and communicating with each other, this glass remains clean. But if you have years and months or decades of unresolved issues between 
the two of you, you have lies, you have sins of omission, you have things you hold back. All of this builds up a grime, a grease, a dirt, <laughs> a wall, a brick wall between the two of you that you cannot see past. And when you have that kind of wall, you definitely are not feeling sexual with each other and probably start to just think that you're not very sexual at all because you've turned this thing off within yourself for so long. So people can be in a long-term relationship. They are afraid to leave for whatever reason, and they shut down their libido over time. They rationalize it with, well, sex in long-term marriages just dies after a while, but that's not what it is. It's their courage that's died. And now their libido has died too. A friend of mine sent me this article that was published in The Guardian. Does anyone remember when The Guardian was a heavyweight in the world of journalism? If there's any doubt in your mind that it's nothing more than a woke, bought and paid for brothel of a gossip rag simply being used to further all social agendas, check out this headline. If Robbie Williams has given up on sex and marriage, what hope do any of us have? And then in a feat of SEO brilliance, the URL for the linked story contains in it these words, Robbie Williams, sex, marriage, tangerines, relationships. So let me explain. First of all, if you don't know who Robbie Williams is, he is a British pop singer. Now I'd say in his early fifties, who was in the prime of his career, maybe 20, 25 years ago. Apparently Robbie Williams is in a sexless marriage and would rather eat tangerines than have sex. Here's from the article, says Williams, Ida, I guess that's his wife, will turn to me on the sofa and say, this is hilarious, we should do sex. And I'm sitting there eating a tangerine and just sort of shrug. Okay, so to be honest, I'm not sure this couple has ever actually had do sex. If this is how they seduce each other, we should do sex. Okay, so then it goes on in the article. Everyone knows that there is no sex after marriage, Robbie said, musing that stopping taking testosterone was probably partly responsible for his drop in libido. So there we go, double whammy. He's plugging hormones. He's obviously a hormone whore and a sexless marriage all in one go. I wonder how much he got paid for that little set of plugs. But these guys aren't making money in music. They're getting paid through being front men and ambassadors for different social agendas, different pharmaceutical companies. I mean, it's just, you know, bend over and take it, bitch. The rest of the article is an attempt to normalize sexless marriages. Here, the person, the author says, it's time to reconsider what's normal in long-term relationships, blah, blah, blah. So Anamiland couples who have been together for decades are able to revitalize their marriages and live in the land of can't keep our hands off of each other. Other couples accept the urban myth and guardian headlines of no long-term passion, and that's that. These bullshit labels, which are lies, just help to reinforce their stories and excuses. Another fantastic excuse is we have kids, so we never have sex anymore. You know, who would when you have sex, when you have children? I busted the shit out of that one in the Fukmore Parenting Method episode a few weeks back. So beyond all of this, though, is one of the deepest legitimate impacts on your libido, and that is going to be sexual trauma. 
Here we're talking about unprocessed, unhealed sexual assault and violation. This includes genital mutilation, aka circumcision, which I also consider to be rape and sexual abuse. I would say to anyone stuck in a long-term libido rut that they likely have some kind of unresolved sexual trauma that they have not dealt with. And so their body says, nope, no can do we until you heal this. People then interpret this to mean that they are somehow permanently broken or they have insert whatever label or condition that's out there that's out of their control. No, absolutely not. Your body is frozen in a trauma pattern and it won't let anyone in until you heal. Your body is actually doing you a favor. It's protecting you from re-traumatizing yourself until you can deal with the issues at hand and genitals. So many of the sexual malfunctions that we see from low libido to premature ejaculation to erectile dysfunction to unwanted growths are simply expressions of stuck sexual energy. Trauma probably has the greatest impact on freezing our nervous system and locking us into paralysis and looping patterns that we repeat over and over and over again and just cannot seem to shake. That's because they are hardwired into the nervous system and they need to be rewired out. Ironically, one of the biggest resets of your ANS, your autonomic nervous system, is da 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 orgasm. It is the magic bullet for all that ails you. The thing that may have been your greatest injury is in fact your biggest healer. For most people, healing from sexual trauma means easing into sexual play, listening to their bodies and taking a conscious approach all of which I teach. I have a few fantastic episodes on these topics. I highly recommend that you check them out. Healing Sexual Trauma with the Jade Yoni Egg, Sexual Trauma Healing for Women, and Sexual Healing for Men. Remember, the Anami guarantee is that everyone can. Everyone can have a high libido and experience the full range of orgasmatopia that's available to all. Everyone can, I guarantee it. We are living in a social climate where all the big trends and agendas are leading towards one thing, the curtailing of human reproduction. From the sterilization and gender-bending chemicals in our food, water, and everyday products, to the social movements that provoke voluntary or involuntary castration of the reproductive anatomy, one might wonder what the fuck is going on. And for some susceptible people needing an identity and some kind of mass cultural circle jerk of social validation, it's easy for them to fall prey to the next big hashtag and Twitter bio. So let them eat clit. Let them buy into whatever corporate and pharmaceutical trend of the moment they want to. But nevertheless, do not forget, <laughs> asexuality is bullshit. Sexual ailments are manufactured and the ones that aren't are symptomatic of stuck energy and unresolved issues. There is a whole world out there of daily bliss, orgasms, deep love, and intimate connection where every part of you feels adored, cherished, and in ecstasy. You get to pick and create what kind of world you would like to live in, and I will help you do it.
My legendary well-fucked woman salon opens for registration at the end of June. This is my eight-week online salon for all things female sexual mastery. We cover how to boost your libido and become a sexually insatiable woman, enlightened cocksucking, deep-throating, and manual techniques to make you a champion cock whisperer, the full orgasmopedia of vaginal orgasms, how to have G-spot, cervical, and squirting orgasms, self-pleasuring 101, breast massage to tone, lift, and enlarge the breasts, Taoist techniques to convert sexual energy into creative power, how to use your sexual energy to heal yourself and your body, and much, much more. Go to Kamenami.com and look for Sexual Savant Salons and click on How to Be a Well-Fucked Woman. So before the salon starts, you can sign up for the Am I Under Fucked quiz and check out the free preview video series in the meantime. Thank you so much for listening. If you haven't already, subscribe and also leave a review and send someone else the gift of a healthy libido and an off the charts love life by sharing this episode with them. We'll be back next week. And in the meantime, many happy orgasms.